Abandoned to Mother, the incredible, emotional, and life-changing transformation we take when we go on our journey into motherhood. From all things conception to postpartum and parenthood, I will be talking with parents and hearing their stories of navigating these times while sharing helpful information along the way. Together, we'll be covering all stories, no matter how you have chosen to conceive, birth, or parent. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome to the Maiden to Mother journey. I'm Kendall, your podcast host, and today we are talking with a very dear friend of mine, Yilloweri Williams, aka Ruby Rubes. How are you going? <laughs> yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, thank you. Thanks so much for taking the time to come on. I know you've got three kids, a very busy schedule, so I appreciate it. Yeah, it's okay. And I've been so looking forward to this. I'm excited to do it for you. Yeah can't wait to share your story with everyone can you start off by telling everyone a little bit about yourself and your family where you guys live what you do yeah um so mine's name is Yilwiri I get called Ruby it's just a lot easier but um <laughs> I've got my partner Nick and my three other children I've got Kalani she'll be nine at the end of the year um my middle one Nakoa he'll be six and we've just had our third and last baby Zaya so he's six months old and we're based up in here in Cairns. Um, we were on the Gold Coast originally, but we moved here for my partner's work. So, yeah, we've been here for three years now, I think. It's just gone so quick. That has gone extremely quick. I can't believe it's been three years yeah. since you left the Gold Coast. This goes so fast. <laughs> so we're going to talk about all of the kids today. Can we start off by tell uh, with Kalani um, and telling everyone a little bit about that journey and how that unfolded. Was Kalani planned? No. So I was very young when I had Kalani, so she was a nice little surprise. I, <laughs> I think I fell pregnant with her when I was 20, um, had her at 21. Uh, look, it was a pretty easy pregnancy, like the, but I think just the shock of it, us, me and my partner, Nick, sorry, being so young, you know, having a baby, we weren't together for that long, you know. Um, it was a bit of a shock to both sides of our family and it was pretty hard emotionally for everyone. Um, yeah, look, the pregnancy was pretty good and then I had complications right at the end when I knew my body was going into labour but my midwife wouldn't check me. So that was really hard. So when she was born, she had the meconium like the meconium was coming out of me by the time I was pushing and they didn't know whether she'd been sitting in it for a while or it had just happened so when she came out she inhaled it and it went straight into her lungs so she was taken straight away and had to be emergency transferred to Marta Mothers in Brisbane mm. and um I had her just at a public hospital so because I didn't have private health I wasn't allowed to stay with her so she was in intensive care for oh man this is so long ago now how long was it about four to five weeks she was in yeah there. I think yeah. it was about five weeks yeah <laughs> yeah it was about that and then she came back to the hospital I had her at which was at Redlands and she stayed for a further week there mm. as well um so yeah. taking a few steps back, um, obviously you were quite young. I believe mm. it with Kalani you were in the – you got into the MGP program, did you not? Yes. So I got yes. in very lucky. I've been with the MGP with all three of the kids. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So you were um, with the MGP program in um, – which hospital was it? 
It was at the Redlands in Brisbane. The Redlands, yeah. Yeah. Uh, can you take us to those first signs of labour with Kalani? Yeah. So I, my waters broke when I was about, I think it was about 39 weeks, and I called my midwife. I just said, hey, look, I think I've my waters have broken or they're starting to leak. And she pretty much just shut it down. I was like, no, you just wet yourself. You would know if you'd go into labour um, and just left it at that. So I just thought, you know, you're young. Their midwives have been doing it for however long. You're just going to, all right, they know what they're, do- like what they're doing, what they're talking about. So I just left it. And then nothing came about. So I didn't go into labour. I, I think I hit about, I was about almost 42 weeks when I went into labour with Kalani and went to the hospital and it was a very long labour, just how long was that? I think it was about 17 hours in total and she, by the time I started having to push, that's, yeah, with the meconium and that's when that issue and my midwife, her face was just like, oh, you could tell she was stressed because she didn't know how long she'd been in it. When she came out, her skin was stained green and peeling because she'd been sitting in it for so long. So I think that my waters had broken when I did tell her she did mm-hmm. check me um i had low fluids i think she yeah who did the first poo and been sitting in it until she decided to come on her own yeah was there any like follow-up about it or no, anything nothing like nothing i just it was the most horrible experience yeah mm-hmm. with the mgp program at that hospital um i think i was quite young and they just didn't really i don't know they just thought single girl or not single nick and i were still together but i was just young and i just don't think they really really cared that's what it felt like anyway Mm, and that's a full experience being so young and having your first yeah you know and you're putting your trust into doctors and midwives because you don't know you're getting thrown into it so yeah and I remember it was quite, um, and I say this because obviously we're we're pretty good friends. And I, I remember going, you going through all of this, and and Kalani being in hospital for so long. It was like a very very stressful time for you. Yeah, it was. I uh, I definitely had postnatal depression. I think not until she came home, but I think I was just in shock. I don't even mm. know that. I just felt numb when she was in hospital. I don't think it really hit me until she came home um how severe and bad it was like she almost died they, the doctors didn't want to say it but they mm. say it in the nicest way possible like we're doing everything we can it's just up to her really you know and just having different midwives and different doctors telling you a thousand different things you just don't know you don't know what to think or how to feel um and then on top of that you're trying to pump milk and i'm on the pump like in the icu next to 15 other babies trying to get milk out like it's hard mm. it's a yeah, very traumatic experience. and um, But, yeah, she's beautiful. Like, you wouldn't even think there's anything wrong with her or that anything had happened to her. Mm. Yeah. It would have been – it's it's such a hard thing, I guess, to go through with a clear mind, but, like, yeah. let alone being f- just freshly postpartum and having all of these hormones and all of – like, yeah. it, it's such, a, you know, a life-changing oh. event. So. Yeah. So how yeah. are you feeling then um, going into your second, which is Nicoa? I believe Nicole was planned. Yes. So Nicole was planned. I Like 
Kalani was so good, so we just thought, oh, you know, yeah, let's throw another one in there in the mix. So <laughs> you don't really, because she was so easy, like she'd just sleep all the time and she'd just open her mouth and she'd have teeth and you're just like, oh, this is easy. Nick really <laughs> wanted a boy, really, really wanted a boy. And I had the marina coil put in just after I had Kalani, so we decided to take that out. Uh, I think Kalani was about one and a half, almost two, and our doctor told us, you know, look, it, it could take up to a year once you get it taken out because of the hormones. Like, don't expect it to happen straight away. I think I fell pregnant a week or two after getting it taken out. <laughs> <laughs> so we weren't, like, I think in our heads we were like, oh, we've got plenty of time, you know. Yeah. It won't happen straight away, but it did. So it was a bit of a shock. I, I think I was ready, but I think deep down I wasn't just because when I did realise I was pregnant with our second one, all those emotions came back with what happened with Kalani and I freaked mm. out. Yeah, that it was a really tough pregnancy. Um, like easy as in like physically. Physically it was fine, but I think emotionally yeah. and mentally I just I thought I was ready and I wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Were you starting so you you then got into the MGP program. Was that yeah. through I can't was it Tweed or Gold Coast Uni? Gold Coast. Gold Coast yeah. Uni. Yeah, yeah. No, so they you got awesome. into the, and they were good. Yeah, they were really good. The only thing that sucked was I had the same midwife because I think you get two and then if the one that you mainly get the whole pregnancy is not is off or on holidays or anything, you get the second midwife. Yeah. Um, I had only met the second midwife briefly. So, yeah, of course that happened to me. So my yeah. main midwife was on holiday when I went into labour or was about to be induced with Nicola, so I didn't have her. And so yeah. we'll, we'll go back actually to like your mental preparation for this labor. What, w what were you doing and were you finding that um, you were being supported for your midwives going into the birth with Nicola? A hundred percent. Yeah, they were really good. Um, I felt really open and about everything that happened with Kalani. So I went over that with them and what I was worried about, obviously that happening again with Nicola, which is why they told me, if, to, if I felt comfortable just to book in for him to be induced at 39 weeks, um, just so that that didn't happen again. And I was happy to do that. I just, I think after I had him, I wish I didn't do it. I didn't think he was ready to come that early. I think he needed to be in a bit longer. Mm. Um, but yeah, like I definitely feel like I was being heard. It's, yeah. It's just afterwards. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. you're like, oh, I, wish I, I would have done this differently or this. You know, you just can't pick it with labour. It's just, you know, you go in with a goal or a plan and then it can go the complete, like, 360. Yeah. 100% <laughs> for yeah. sure. So take us to the day of induction with Nicola and tell us about that. What what method of induction did they choose to do? Um, I'm trying to think what they did. I think they did the gel. Yeah. The, the gel first and, the and gel. then yeah. do you go on? I think I had the drip because I wanted yeah. a water birth, but then they were like, no, you can't because you, you've got the... Pitocin drip. I think so. Yeah, yeah. So we went in, like, went in at nine, dropped Kalani off at her pop's house for a sleepover. Um, yeah, so I think I got induced at about 10 in the morning and then things started to really kick off at about like two o'clock in the afternoon. Um, yeah, and then I think I had him... It was a pretty standard labour, wasn't too bad. I ended up just having gas and morphine at the start and that was about 
a 19 hour labor and they always say like the more kids you have like the quicker the labor is no (laughs) 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 no it didn't happen to me I think it was even harder with him um yeah and then we he was here the following morning I think about nine in the morning yeah that was beautiful (laughs) <laughs> oh, that, and, but yeah. you, had, you had the backup midwife that you weren't yes, 100% happy with. Yeah, yeah, I did. She wasn't, I don't think she went, uh, and this is the thing with Nicoa and Kalani is I didn't really have a plan myself. I just kind of just winged it. It's like, oh, whatever happens, what you know, it'll happen kind of thing. And I wish I didn't do that. So I kind of said at the start of Nicoa's like, oh, I'm not really sure whether I want drugs or you know, and then she's like, oh, let's just go with no drugs. So I was like, all right, we'll just see how we go. And then when I think the intensity of being induced is way worse than yeah. you going naturally on your own. So yeah. when I was about three quarters way through, I was like, nah, like I, I think I need something. Like can I have the epidural? And she just got a bit snarky with me and like I thought we were going to do this natural, you know. And I was like, yeah, I'm in a lot of pain. Like I just I want it. And it's been going on for a long time. Like we were getting close to 14, 15 hours of just straight back-to-back contractions. I was just exhausted and I just wanted a bit of help. Like so that was really intense. And then by the time the um I could actually get the epidural, I think I was just about to start pushing. My body started pushing on its own actually. And they were just like, no, well, we can't do it, obviously. You're about to push. Yeah, it's too late. And I was quite upset about that because I'd been asking for hours and I just felt like it was, yeah, they just didn't want to. That's annoying. (laughs) Very annoying, yeah. Yeah, I don't even (laughs) know why, yeah, why care providers do that. Just do it and talk. Yeah, I'm asking for it. Just bloody do it. You're not the one pushing this baby out. 100%. How about we swap positions and see how you go? (laughs) Yeah, I'll just sit there and just say to you, no, you can do this. You're all right. (laughs) And we wanted to share a little bit about this with our listeners. Nicola has autism. Can you tell us about, like, the signs of, you know, first discovering that he has autism and, like, the diagnosis process? Yeah. So Nakoa was, he wasn't delayed in anything. Like he's sitting up, he's rolling, he's crawling, walking, talking, everything like that was all like pretty much like to a T. Um, I think he was about just over one and he, that's when we noticed his words starting dropping off. He, he would say single words like mum, dad, and you know, dog and hat. And, um, but yeah, he just started dropping off with his words. His eye contact started to drop and he slowly started going back to that baby babble talk. And I said to Nick, like, I don't think something's right. Like, I want to get him checked over. I went to numerous doctors on the Gold Coast and they all just said to me, like, he's, he's a toddler. That's just, you know, normal toddler behaviour. But deep down, I knew, no, like, mm-hmm. I want to get a diagnosis on it. And I did leave it for a while, like just did everything I physically could to try and get him, excuse me, um, to talk more and, you know, just like the games and like the, the sensory play and everything like that. I just tried my hardest because I knew he was too young for the actual get an assessment for the doctors because they don't really look at kids, oh, at least until just before they're starting, prep at least. Yeah. So 
yeah, I think, and that it was a couple of years went by. We just tried to do what we could, and then that's when we got the call up with Nick's work that we had to move up here. So Nakoa would have been about two and a half. So just before we moved up here, I called NDIS, um, the paediatrician up here, just at the local at the Cairns Hospital, because we don't have private or insurance or anything like that it's just too expensive so I did it all before we left so that we were on a wait list knowing that it could take at least a year or six months to be able to get seen so as soon as we got like we moved up here I actually got the call straight away from NDIS which is unheard of we were very very fortunate and very lucky to even get through to them and actually just get a diagnosis from the paediatrician. Oh, so we got in with the paediatrician at the same time as with NDIS and they said, yep, development delays for now and um, a global development delay, uh, developmental delays. And so when I went to NDIS, we gave that to them and they said, yep. And then we got the funding pretty much the following year. So we'd already been there. We got there in about Feb. And this was all about by June. And then by the start of next year, we had the NDIS funding so we could see a speech, a speechy and uh, occupational therapist and all of that. Um, yeah, so when I do talk to other mothers that with their kids that have autism and how much they struggle to even get through with NDIS or even to get approved and their kids are level two, three, you know, high autism. And I feel for them, I feel for parents that, that struggle even getting seen or heard from doctors it's freaking tough <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. And what, so there's different levels of autism is there so yes like, yeah. i didn't know that so in my head i just think you've got autism or you don't like but i didn't yeah. I think level one is less severe level two three which is what nicoa is is pretty much like they can't go to the toilet you know like we have to help he's in a nappy still um yeah, they babble talk, very minimum words, their eye contact. Um, they don't play with other kids or talk to other people in general. They kind of stick to themselves. Um, but since we have been seeing the speech pathologist and the occupational therapist, he's just amazing. Like, I just can't thank them enough. It's just, I'm so grateful that we've been able to get through. And he sees them weekly. He alternates between the two. Um, yeah, and he's talking a lot, uh, a lot more. He started having, um, or just talking a lot more as well, more single words, but even starting to say phrases and singing songs, which is just awesome. Like I remember Nick awesome. and I were saying a year ago, like it would just be nice just for him just to look at us and just say, oh, I love you, mum and dad. Like, well, thanks, you know. Like it, it's mm. hard when you've got a kid that can't talk to you or express how they feel or just acknowledge that they love you and come up and give you a cuddle. Like it, it's, it is heartbreaking and you do go through the losses of, and grief of not having, you know, like you feel like you've not lost a child, you know what I mean? It's just, it's hard when you see other parents when their kids are coming up and talk to them and, yeah. and, and then Kalani, you know, she just really wanted a brother that would play with her and he doesn't really acknowledge her. Um, it is hard and it, you know, the whole family goes through it and, you, you know, and you feel for Nakoa as well because it'd just be hard just being stuck in your head and knowing that you can't communicate. It's, yeah, it is hard. But he's come so far. Like, he's just a different little boy at the moment. So we're just really, really grateful for the help that we're getting at the moment. That's amazing news. And I remember we were talking when you were pregnant um, with now Zaya and because Zaya was 
spoiler alert, a surprise. Yes. <laughs> you yes. guys, this was like many years later. Yes. <laughs> and you were you were expressing some concerns about adding another child to the family because, you know, there was worries about how Nicole was going to handle the change and stuff like that, which I guess yes. we'll, we'll talk about um, after you tell us about the, the journey of Zaya coming along. <laughs> Can you tell us about um, finding out you were pregnant with him? Yeah, so I went back to the Gold Coast. So I was getting my Invisalign done back on the Gold Coast. So I was doing a lot of trips back and forth and I was had my last tray. I was going back and to get them taken off and just get like my last set and all that. And I was caught up with all my girlfriends like down south and I was like, you know what, I'm going to have a big one. <laughs> I never get to do this. I'm kid free. And, um, yeah, we had a few drinks and stuff. And then I was just thinking, oh, I feel really ill, like really sick. I was just having headaches, like just weird, just things that I don't really get when I have a few drinks. And even when I was hungover, like it was almost, I knew, like I think because I've obviously had the other two, I felt, I was like, you just have that feeling. You, just, like, you know. Yeah. yeah. You I just know. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I was just like, I was like, no, nah, I'm just going to ignore it. Like it can't <laughs> be. No, nah, there's no way, you know. And then I was like, oh, we'll have a last, you know, we had a big night because I was going to see the girls for a while and, um, I could, I think I had one drink and I was just like, I physically cannot drink this for some reason. Like it was just very strange, very odd. And then I had my early flight back home to Cairns. It was like six in the morning and I just went straight to the chemist and I bought a digital one cause I didn't want to fuck around with the, you know, the two line ones. Yeah. I was like, no, I need to know. Like, I need a clear answer. <laughs> yeah. I need a clear answer. So I went to bought that and then I was like, oh, I don't want to do it straight away. I want to wait. So I waited until the following morning. Um, and did you know the first way they always say like wait until mm. you do the first way when you get up in the morning so I did that and Nick was getting the kids ready for school and I was in the toilet <laughs> and I took the test and I waited and I seen it and I just burst into tears like I was so upset like and Nick came in and he's like what what and I just threw it at him I was like this is your fault and he was like what <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I was just so upset. I think just like because you guys were planning on not having any more children. You were done with. Yeah, we yeah. were done. We weren't. We didn't want any more. We were in the like we we're halfway through organizing our wedding. We'd been together for ten years. We finally were getting started on organizing our wedding. You know, the kids were at a good age. They weren't too young. Like yeah. it just would have been easy having a wedding, and then that just got thrown at us, and it was just yeah. You were very much so entering like the next stage of life with older children and yeah, and, like, <laughs> and yeah. then and surprise, bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Like you know, oh the kids, yep, they're both at school next year. I've yeah. got more time to you know work on myself and do what I want to do for work. I can go study. Yeah, no, nah, no more kindy fees. No, nah, there's another one. <laughs> Yeah. Talk us through the process of you and Nick handling that news and, you know, how you guys came to process it. Um, look, it did take me a couple of weeks just to, you know, it's happening. It's going to happen and this is what's, yeah. Um, Nick was fine. He was actually over the moon. He was really excited. I think he was just more shocked with my reaction. But I think just going through another pregnancy again just was really hard. Um, but no, everyone handled it really well. I think I was just a bit worried about Nakoa and how he would handle that change and having an extra person in the house and not just thinking, oh, you know, this baby 
comes home from the hospital and just like, all right, well, when are they going to leave? Like, yeah. I was, just didn't know how he was going to handle it. But, um, yeah, I think just worried about how Nicole would handle Kalani was so excited. Like, she just loves babies and little kids. Like, that's just – she's a mini mum. Mm. Um, so I wasn't worried about Nicole with – Kalani, sorry, but Nikoa. I think it was just Nikoa was equivalent to three kids himself. You know, yeah. like he was hot, like we were constant appointments, and you know he was at kindy, and like my job had to be kind of all over the shop, so that I could attend. Like I had to go and leave and pick Nikoa up if he was having a full blown meltdown because the girls aren't equipped to, you know, they're not trained for kids with autism or, like, high needs like that. So, you know, they would stress out and I'd have to leave work and go again. And so I was just like, how the hell am I going to have another kid? Like, Yeah. Yeah. A lot of worries and stuff like that are surrounding Yeah. You. Yeah. And you then got into MGP program again in Cairns? Yeah. 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 And had a much different sort of experience this time with a beautiful midwife there. Yeah. Oh, they were amazing. Like, I think just the trauma from the first two, like it was just such a healing birth and experience. Like it was just what I needed. And I did a lot more research this time around with Zaya and I knew what I wanted and just obviously everything that's happened with Nicola along the way, I was just like, nah, like I know that they're doctors and they're midwives, but I know my body, I know myself and I'm going to, you know, I will stand up for myself if I'm not happy with something. And I, was yeah so I was just really adamant this time around and my midwives were amazing and I just made sure like I voiced everything that I wanted and what I didn't want the whole way through and they were like yep that's awesome like they were on the same page so I really wanted to have a drug-free birth with Zaya and do yeah. it as natural as possible and I really wanted a water birth and yeah we got there and we got to that point and I didn't want to yeah. get induced I wanted to everything to be just happen on its own and Hey, and, and Zaya's joined us for all the listeners. Yeah. If you hear him in the background, <laughs> he's woken up from his nap. Um, okay, this is like crazy. We've been friends for so long and I have actually yeah. not heard your birth story with Zaya yet. So we're telling us all now. <laughs> yeah. In, let's go in detail. Take us from how far along were you? What was the first signs of labour? So I think, oh, when was it? He was due... When did I have him? I had him on the 27th and he was due on the 25th of November, so last year. Mm-hmm. And I just had just the most horrible, <laughs> horrible birth. Oh, not birth, sorry, um, pregnancy with Thea. Just um, really fluidy. I put so much weight on. I had um, hypermesis gravidium at the start of like up until about 21 weeks. I was in and out of hospital um, just bedridden, so I was just like, I better have like the best labour and birth ever because <laughs> I deserve it. Um, but yeah, no. So I think I was booked in to actually get induced because I just couldn't handle it. I was just so depressed by the end of it, and I think I booked it two days after his due date. So I and that was the Sunday. But then they said, Oh, look, can we move it to the Monday? I said, Yeah, that's fine, you know. And then I started feeling little niggles on the Saturday morning. So I'm just going to quickly pop him in the room. Sorry. It's okay. You go. So I started feeling niggles at about four in the morning and I was getting like false labor starts for about a month leading up. So I was like, oh, 
nah, look, you know, I'll get up, I'll go sit on the ball and I'll bounce on it a bit and try and time them and see because when I was getting it in the past, like it was all like a regular, so I just knew it wasn't going to happen. But I was sitting on the ball and they were like every 15 to 20 minutes apart and I woke Nick up at about 7 and I just said, hey, look, I think I'm in labour, like we need to get the kids organised. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, he's like, yep, so we got the kids organised and our friend came over straight away at about like 7.30 in the morning and um, she picked Nicole and Kalani up and I laboured at home for a couple more hours and rang my midwife and she said, yep, like when you feel like you can't breathe or talk anymore, let me know and just head straight in. So I laboured at home for a bit and then it got to a point, yeah, I think they were every five minutes apart my contractions and they were really intense so i'm gonna walk around with sayer because he's getting a bit frustrated that's okay <laughs> um yeah so then i called my midwife at about like 10 in the morning or 9 30 in the morning and then just said look they're just really bad i feel like i need like the gas or something like, I, I can't talk and she's like yep just head straight on in so we headed in and we were in the car for about for a while because I was like I don't know how I'm going to go up the elevator or the stairs like I'm in so much pain like every time these contractions would come on and so we finally got up to the suite and because I was in the MGP it's like a separate birth suite from like the normal yeah like where you, yeah yeah so I was the only only woman in there um so it was actually really really nice like That's no one good. else had been there um, walked into the room and my midwife just had like the diffuser on and she'd set up all the fairy lights and everything, um, got the bath running and yeah, we just like, just started, just labored. It was just beautiful. Like she just kind of just sat in the background and I didn't really hear anything from her. She didn't check me or anything. Um, she just let me do my thing and just suggested things here and there it was just like, you know, you want to come hop in the shower now, like just try and move and walk around. Um, yeah, try and break it up a bit and try and move things to get a bit faster. And then, yeah, I think she's like, oh, I'd like, do you mind me checking? Like, just to see how far along you are. And I was like, yeah, that'd be awesome. So then she did. And I think I was only about eight, seven or eight centimetres. And she just said, oh, and I was a bit upset because it'd been a while. And it was. What time was this? Oh, so we got in about 10. So I think it was about three o'clock in the afternoon and yeah. because with all the kids and I have back labors so their oh, back is on yeah. my spine yeah 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 so I was just in, and they're just constant like I just felt like I never had any break in between my contractions so it was just getting exhausting and tired so when she said that to me I was like oh I was a bit upset because I thought I'd be further along than that mm. and then uh, she was like, come on, like, I'll set the bath up for you. So I laboured in the bath for a while and just had a bit of toast and stuff and try and have a bit of a break from it. And then it just got to a point I was like, oh, my God, oh, no, nah, I need drugs or something. Like, I need, <laughs> I want the epidural. But I was thinking it. I didn't That's, say it out loud, but then yeah. I was thinking if that I'm getting... That sounds like transition. This, yeah, yeah. So I was like, that's what I thought. I was like, all right, no. Nah. But the fact that I'm thinking about that, that I know that it's coming really close. So... I just left it and I said, oh, do you mind if I have some gas? And she's like, you can do whatever you want, love. You don't have to ask me. So we just set up the gas and we were in the bath and I had that and it was just beautiful because I didn't have it to begin with. So I think when you do wait such a long time and you finally have some gas, it's just like the best thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then I just felt like my body just started pushing on its own and she'd already checked me at about eight, I was, yeah, about that seven, eight centimetres and then 
you know, I think two hours had passed and um, I just started pushing and she's like, oh, you know, you got the, she got the mirror out and she checked and she's like, oh, I can't see his head or anything. You might still be a bit far off. And I was like, oh, again, like really upset. I'm just thinking I'm going to be another like couple hours. And then the next push, like I just felt like all this pressure and my waters had burst in the bath. I was like, no, nah, my water's just burst. And they're like, yeah, well, we can see. So she's like, just take your time. And then the next contraction, his head just shot out. So it was just all very quick. And she's like, all right, you know, just hold on, hold, hold until the next contraction. And his head came out and it just all happened really fast. And then, you know, they call it the ring of fire. So she's yeah. like, just hold it, you know, wait until your next contraction. But I was lucky that like, my next contraction was about 10 seconds later. And then he just, yeah, he just came out and I just pulled him out from in between my legs and um, like, thank God you're out of me. <laughs> um, yeah, and then what happened, uh, because it was all so quick and sudden, he didn't breathe straight away. So he was in a bit of a shock. So we had to get him out and give him a bit of oxygen, but he was fine after about a minute. Yeah, because um, this was obviously he was delivered in the water, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had him in the water. He was a bit blue, a bit purple, but they weren't too concerned. I wasn't too fast. Like um, I knew that would be okay. I think it, it just was very quick and sudden, like his head and his whole body coming out within less than a minute. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then. And what was the feeling like after it? Like sort of finally getting the birth that you'd always dreamed of? Yeah, it was almost euphoric. Like it was like it's just everything I couldn't have faulted anything the whole way through and I just felt so happy you know and I just like I was really happy with my midwives I was just so like grateful for Nick and everything he was doing like it was just beautiful and I was just yeah just really happy with how it all went and um like we did the delayed cord uh yeah the cord clamp and just did the skin to skin like I didn't want him to get checked over or anything like that and we just left him for about three hours on me and it was just beautiful like I just wish I'd done that with the other two mm. um yeah it was just amazing like you know and I really wanted to breastfeed this time around because I didn't with Kalani and Nicola and which is yeah like a subject I was going to um bring up next so yeah you've got a pretty strong breastfeeding journey with Zaya going on but you yeah. weren't able to breastfeed the other two no so because Kalani was in hospital for so long she was tube fed so she was mm -hmm. on formula and it was really hard to pump like I just couldn't make milk and with Nicoa, I had like really severe mastitis twice in a row where I ended up in hospital and having to get antibiotics and just the, the thought of anything touching me, like I'd just cry. I was like, mm -hmm. I, just, I can't fight through this. So I ended up putting him on formula quite early as well. And I was just, yeah, I bought like a breastfeeding program when I was pregnant with Zaya. I was like, I'm so determined to breastfeed this time around. And with the inflation costs, of like formula and food at the moment. I don't think we can afford to put yeah. our kid on formula. So I need to get this right this time around. And no, it's been amazing. He's just a little boob monster. So he's just started solids, but still likes the boob. Yeah. yeah. It's been, everything's perfect. Like feeds really, really well. I haven't had any dramas with him to begin with. So yeah, it's just been, everything's just been a breeze, just way easier. Everything I wanted and how I expected it to be. So it's That's definitely made up for the other two. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like what we mentioned before, you did have 
concerns or reservations about adding another child to Nicola's life? How has yeah. that transition been and how is Nicola, you know, lacking being a big brother? Oh, he's been amazing. I, I honestly think we got in our own head, Nick and I, and just thought, like, Nick's, uh, he, he's going to hate this. You know, he's not going to deal with this. Um, we even set up our back room, which is separate from the house, like with toys and books, and we've got a TV out there. So we just thought, like, if he wasn't going to cope with baby crying, Nick can just take him out there for, for some alone time and just, like, get away. Like, we were just preparing for the worst, really. I just thought there's just no way Nicole was going to handle this. But as soon as we brought him home, like, he didn't really – he acknowledged him but still wouldn't, like, go up for a cuddle or anything. But he was just, mm. like, he knew. And we tried to prepare him for it beforehand, like, while I was pregnant. You know, like, baby and you know, there's baby in mummy's belly and you're going to be a big brother and – you know, you got all the books and the videos for him to try and, like, slowly ease them into it so they know that a baby's coming home. But, oh, he's just been amazing. Like, he comes up and he rubs him on the head and gives him, like, a little pat and he, like, kisses his hands and stuff, which is beautiful. Like, he's just so affectionate with him, which is nice. Still won't hold him or anything like that, but he knows that he's there and we haven't yeah. had to use the back room at all for Nicola. He's handled him crying really, really well. Um yeah, I think he might have been – he acted out for about a week, but I feel like every kid, toddler does when a baby comes home. Like, the attention's mm. not on them anymore. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so we did that for about a week, and he was fine after that. It was just like nothing had even happened, and Nick and I were both just like, what, what were we worried about? Like, yeah. <laughs> he did. He really, really surprised us, and he's been amazing with him. Uh, and Kalani, yeah, she's just – she's a breeze. That's just – I enjoy when she comes home from school because it just gives me a break for like an hour or two without Zaya <laughs> holding him. And she's just like, give me a baby. I'll hold him. And she goes, <laughs> take okay. him on the – yeah, thanks, doll. Yeah. <laughs> and what's it like now being a mum of three? Oh, you know what? I think going – it's fine. I think I was really preparing myself like how the hell am I going to do this? You hear like horror stories of like – three just kind of throws everything out like it ruins marriages and um <laughs> I was a bit worried but I think honestly going from that transition from two to one that was way harder I think you've already got two so it's a bit more hectic so then you have by the time you have a third you're just like you're used to it they're just like all right you just you get just thrown along for the there. ride yeah you just got to do what you got to do but Zay doesn't have a choice like we've got swimming lessons and nippers and all that like you just sleep on the go that's just how it is so I feel like sometimes the third baby, they're a bit more cruisier because they don't, you're not as strict, like you try and have a strict routine and timeline with like their sleeps and feeding and that, but you don't really have a choice when you've got the other two, and especially with Nicola's appointments and Kalani's sports and everything. Like it's just what it is. And Zay's just fit in really, really well. Like I think he's just such a cruisy kid and just loves attention from anyone. So anyone that will give him cuddles and kisses and stuff like he's easy. So it honestly has been fine. I think it's just life is just hectic, like as it is. I think any mum can say, yeah, how hectic it is. It's just like the shops and appointments and just trying to get out of the house and everyday things, picking the kids up from school. But, yeah, no, it's actually been pretty good so far. I think the hardest thing is just being away from friends and family compared to yeah. Nicola and Kalani Like we had – a lot of friends and our family were around so we were able nick and i were able to have a lot of you know date nights and time alone or you go have drinks with our friends and break up like being with the kids but we haven't had that as much up here which is probably the only hard thing is mm. just kind of feeling like we're doing it on our own just not having like our village 
Um, yeah, that's probably the only hard bit, to be honest. Everything else has just been, yeah, really, really good and really grateful. And Nick and I have been really good and we just understand what we need from each other. So that really helps. That's yeah. Amazing. Any plans for the wedding on the horizon? Because the yes. wedding, wedding got pushed. pushed I know. <laughs> so we ended up, we're, yeah, we've just started back planning the wedding and we're going to keep it the same date that we originally had it for next year. So 1st of October, still a bit of time. That way Zay will be that, you know. A little bit older. Two, yeah, a bit yeah. older. He'll be almost two by then. So, yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to it. And That's amazing. Started planning it again and just having everyone up here. It'll be awesome. But, yeah. So I've got a couple of questions for you. I'm going to split this next question into like two parts. Um, I guess the first one will be applicable to advice for any mums out there with autistic children. If you could give one piece of advice to a mum on that journey, what would it be? Oh, I think trust your instinct, honestly. I think a lot of doctors and like medical professionals will try and fob not all of them look I think some of them but I think just fob off what you think and as a mum you've got that instinct if you know that something's not right with your kid um and you you know you're their biggest advocate so if you don't think that something's not done or heard go see another doctor go talk to someone else until you get the right person I think that's just like the biggest thing that I could push for like I've just been really grateful with the doctors and the NDIS team that we've been dealing with so far, but we have had our hiccups along the way with some paediatricians, but I've just scrapped them and I'll just go see someone else until I knew that I'll get heard for what he needed. And he's just thriving at the moment. And I'm just so grateful that I have pushed for that for Nicola. Amazing advice. Um, and then, yeah, just general advice. If you could give one piece of advice to a mum about to embark on this journey, what would it be? <laughs> oh i wouldn't even know like just we're winging it at the moment i feel like but you just <laughs> like don't fucking ask me <laughs> oh I, I wouldn't even know like i think just patience honestly and just go with it like that's just the best you can do especially when you're having three kids like being that strict with like schedules and that sometimes you just gotta throw it out the window um yeah look i don't know just yeah just <laughs> <laughs> just wing it honestly that's what i do and it's working well for us at the moment so and if i if something comes along the way i'll let you know but at yeah. the moment i'm still figuring it out for myself yeah well you're doing a damn good job doll thanks <laughs> and do you have a favorite product or a purchase that you think was worth the money Ooh. and you'd recommend to another mum okay hmm oh with Zaya. Oh, just like my portable sleep noise machine. I don't know. Did you use one? Yeah, with yeah. yeah, yeah. I yeah, love I still, it. I've I never still use it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've never had one with the other two. I feel like with Zayar, there's like all these new products and stuff that I've never heard about. I'm like, oh, what's this? But yeah. I think it's a sleep machine. I've got the portable one, and it's just like godsend. I just feel like he knows that's when he needs to have a nap. So if we're out and about, and we know that we're going to be gone for a couple of hours, if we have him asleep in the pram, I can just pop it in there, and you just hook it on you just clip it on there and it's just the best thing i love that and i love our oh i'm trying to think there's anything just out of ordinary besides all that you carry and stuff like i love our baby carrier because zay has to be held all the time so it's just the easiest thing just having a decent carrier so needing your arms free for yeah yeah otherwise i'll get nothing done without it um trying to think no other and like having a 
I use still use our um, white noise like yeah. It's if um, we went to SeaWorld the other day, and Jimmy doesn't yeah. usually have a um, pram nap, but he had yeah. to that day, and it's yeah. like, yeah, he knows. Okay, it's nap time. Mm, yeah, when you're out and about and it's busy and like I'm like, okay, white noise is going on. You're going back. It's nap time. Yeah, it's straight off and to it's sleep. A, it's that association too. They're like, yeah, it's sleep time. So when you need them, it just takes a bit of stress off, especially when you're out and then it throws out their sleep when you're trying to get home. Mm. Yeah. Hundred percent, I agree. Um, I'm trying to think with Nicola and Kalani, we didn't really have anything that interesting. I feel like I just, <laughs> yeah, no, there was nothing really that I could that stood out for me that we already have really. Um, but for this time round with Zaya, definitely like the sleep noise machine. I love it. Oh, and the Hucker lady, the ladybug, um, milk collectors. Like right. I remember being like just drenched in milk with Nicola and Kalani, but like you just pop them in your bra and like instead of using like the actual pads, like just soak it up. Like I'd get quite a bit out of it, and then you just pop it in your freezer bag and freeze your milk, so you're not wasting it. Yeah, that was the best thing. Yeah, is it the like the little silicon ones that you sort of put? over your boobs like a, yeah it's not a pump right not a pump like you just yeah. it's like a little bit of pressure so you just like push it in and it just sucks your nipple in but it just kind of catches your let down when you're feeding yeah and it's just the best thing you just pop it out and just sit on the table you know pour it into your milk your little milk bag and i just collect it for the day and i'd fill up a whole bag just from your let down yeah. especially at the start of when you first started feeding and your milk has come through and I yeah you got milk going everywhere yeah, that's the best thing for first-time mums. Like when you just come home, you're starting to breastfeed, those collectors are awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I used to get um, more out of mine than a, like a pump sometimes. Yeah, I'm the same. So I've ended up buying the Hucker pump and it's great. It is good, but I'll get more milk just sitting in the lady bit, like the ladybug um, milk collector than I would in a pump. Crazy. Yeah. Well, thanks for those tips and thank you so much, Ruby, for taking the time and coming on and telling us about your journey. First time I've heard it, it was amazing. I'm so proud of you. Well done. Thank you. Yeah, and it was so good. Thanks for having me on here. Thanks, Rube, for coming on and sharing your amazing story. That was awesome. I got a lot out of that story. And for my regular listeners, we've been speaking about this a lot lately, but choosing your healthcare provider is probably one of the best investments for you that you can give to yourself when you're getting prepared for birth. You notice that Ruby's first birth was a very different experience from her third birth. Even though she was in the same program and everything, she just had a healthcare provider that didn't listen to her, didn't trust her body, didn't meet her needs, and that she didn't deal with compared to one that listened to her, trusted her body, encouraged her, supported her. And the difference in the birth outcomes was a completely different experience. So if you're pregnant right now, you've got a healthcare provider that you're not really gelling with. Even if it isn't something like the MGP program, request to change. There's always something that you can do um, about that. You know, you might have a midwife that's a really beautiful midwife that I might love, but you might hate. We're all human beings. <laughs> We're not going to get along with everyone. And you really want a very trusted person there with you in your birth. I always say we invest so much time and money into our wedding day. Why wouldn't we invest that same amount of effort into one of the biggest days in our life as bringing our kids into the world? And you certainly wouldn't employ or 
pay a celebrant to marry you and your partner that you did not like you would you would be chopping and changing trying to find the best one that was suitable for you and what your needs are so that's the biggest piece of advice I can give you and it was such a good outline in Ruby's story um, about how important it is to have a really good healthcare provider on your team that's it for today we will see you guys next time on the show but before we go June 30th is the last day of the massive sale that we're having on the Maiden to Mother website. So www.themaidentomotherjourney.com. Jump on there if you're looking for um, some any of birth preparation products or postpartum packs. Everything over $100 is 20% off at the moment. So you can use the code EOFY23. And that will get you 20% off everything over $100 and including free shipping. So it's a massive sale going on at the moment and we've only got four days left in the sale. So now's the time to jump on and get what you need to prepare for your birth or your postpartum. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys, and I'll see you next time on the show. The information and opinions presented in this podcast are for educational and entertainment purposes only. While I may discuss pregnancy, birth and postpartum topics, I am not a medical professional and the information provided should not be construed as medical advice. I strongly encourage my listeners to consult with their own healthcare provider before making any changes in your pregnancy and birth journey based on the information you hear on this podcast or elsewhere. Remember, the information provided in this podcast is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have any health concerns or questions, please seek the guidance of a licensed medical professional. Thanks for listening. Remember, Mama, you're everything that your baby needs and you're doing an amazing job. Mm -hmm.